But you know, I often preach out of a passage that I've preached out of before, and when I go to study it, there's, there's truths there that are just fresh to me. They're fresh to me. And, uh, and maybe they're truths I've seen before, maybe they're not, but you know, the Lord just, uh, He speaks to me through them, and, and I think, well, you know, if, uh, if that helped me, I'm pretty sure it'll help some others as well, by God's grace and through His Spirit, uh, through His Word. And so we'll go to uh, Luke chapter 2, looking at the birth of Christ uh, today. And uh, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I just pray that you'd help me now in this message to challenge through your spirit that the conviction would come, Lord, that we would be led to a new appreciation of your love for us and that which was made manifest and which you extended to us in such a uh, clear fashion and uh, in a a way uh, in which we can see uh, today was uh, so wonderful and uh, and truly represented uh, your heart, Lord. And uh, Lord, may we marvel in it once again today. May may we be grateful and may we uh, respond accordingly as well. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So it says uh, there in Luke chapter 2, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. It looked like, uh, of course, Caesar Augustus was, was uh, the one in control, but we know that there was something much greater uh, going on. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. It has some context there, some historical context. And all went to be taxed, uh, everyone into his own city. Now this was important, and uh, the prophecy would come true as to, uh, to where Jesus would be born. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea and to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, uh, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished, as she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And, when there, and then there were, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth, peace, a goodwill uh, toward men. So, Brother Jesus, the first thing I want us to see here is that it is something to be celebrated. It is something to be celebrated. And the angels knew that, didn't they? The angels knew that it was something to be celebrated. And I like the fact that uh, first it came on the scene here with, uh, with these shepherds, uh, was the angel of the Lord, it calls him there. The angel of the Lord. And so think of this. Think of the magnitude of what was going on here. You had an angel, an illustrious angel here, who answered directly to the Lord. In the chain of command of the angels, they know there's no question about it. Uh, and, they, and they saw what happened to the one that questioned the, the chain of command. And the Lord, he's the Lord of hosts. All right, There's no competition for that spot. But he does have his hierarchy in the angels, and here we have an angel 
who was the angel of the Lord, and he spoke here directly for the Lord. And so you see how the Lord is involved in this. You see his interest in it. And he's sending somebody directly uh, from him to approach common mankind, just, just working uh, class mankind, just mankind that, that would uh, be thinking about providing for their families, would be thinking about how to get by that day and the next day, uh, by thinking of, of, of earthly uh, terms, but also would be thinking about, you know, is there more to this? Were the ancient prophets, were they, uh, uh, were they true in the things that they spoke? Could it be that one day there will be a deliverer that will come upon the scene? And that'll be the, the, uh, the central uh, part, not only of our life, but of history itself. And, uh, and so we can see here that the angel of the Lord, uh, uh, he was there. And then also there, it speaks of a multitude of heavenly hosts. And so only do you have this one angel, uh, the angel of the Lord, uh, that, 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 uh, that represented him directly and answered, commissioned directly from the Lord, but then with him, it's sort of like they're waiting to present themselves, right? The angel of the Lord, he first presented himself in a physical fashion, and now the heavenly hosts were on standby there with him, and probably those that he commanded, right? Um, they made them, their presence known. And if the angels weren't, freaked out already, or sorry, the shepherds, they were for sure now, right? Um, and so there's this multitude of heavenly hosts, uh, and, and those that represented the Lord of hosts, as he's called. And we can see some things here, as far as this being celebrated, some things that, that they speak up. And, uh, and so it says here, in verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And when you talk about something to be celebrated, this has all the elements of something to be celebrated. Well, would we not say that good news is something to be celebrated? Right? If someone shows up and they say, we have good news. The power's back on in our house, right? And uh, maybe, you know, maybe you didn't celebrate that much at that moment, but you celebrated when it was on at your house, right? And uh, I remember last year, you know, we were... We were in this one spot in Canaan. We were the only house that didn't have power. It's like the one lines, they went this way, and the other lines went that way, and there had to be a certain switch. We didn't realize at the time they had to, be, they had to do something just for our house. And so everybody said, you know, we've got power all around us, and we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And finally we called, and they said, oh, yeah, we have to go do... Your power's been on for a while. We just have to go flip this switch. I was like, thanks, you know. Yeah, come over now if you don't mind. Um, but, you know, good news is something to be celebrated. And uh, it talks about here, um, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, which is Christ the Lord. But if you look back at verse 10, it says, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you, what's it say? Good tithings, and then it says, of great joy. Joyous news. Joyous news. And I think, of, you know, probably no more joyous news in our family than each time, you know, where um, the... the, the, the uh, the doctor would say, well, every time, you have a son. You have a son. You know, after five or six times, they'd come in, they'd be all like yeah, dramatic about it. You have a son. I'd be like, no way. You know? <laughs> uh, now, if they have said you have a girl, that would have been something. But alas, it never happened. Um, but, uh, you know, joyous news. I mean, that's something to be celebrated, right? I mean, what kind of a person doesn't celebrate joyous news? Good news. 
Joyous news. That's what the angel of the Lord is speaking of here. And not only that, but it says, look, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And so not only do you have good news, you have joyous news, but you have news from which everyone benefits. Now, sometimes somebody that you know gets some good news. Well, maybe they got a pay raise. And you're thinking, I kind of deserve a pay raise, too. But I don't think I'm getting one. But what do you try to do? You try to rejoice for the fact that they are, right? And the Bible says that, doesn't it? Rejoice with those that rejoice. But look at this here. This is way better than a pay raise. This is something that you can't even put value on. And what does the Bible say here? It's for everybody. Everybody benefits from it. Now, that's something to be celebrated. I mean, all the elements are here. It's good news. It's joyous news. It's, it's, it's for everybody. And, uh, and then it goes on to say, as they elaborate more on it in, in, in uh, verse 12, sorry, in uh, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior has arrived. Help is here. I was listening to a podcast. It was about a soccer team. In, I think it was in Thailand. And uh, they went, it was supposed to be the dry season. They went into these caves, just kind of like a field trip for the soccer team. Young guys are 10, 12 years old or something like that. They went into this cave. And while they were in there, some, uh, some unexpected rain deluge came. And those caves filled up and they got trapped way inside of these caves. And nobody could get to them. They had to actually get uh, expert uh, uh, rescue, um, what are they called, divers, to go in miles into these, into these uh, tunnels to try to get to these guys. And they had been in there for weeks surviving on just meager rations. And all of a sudden, can you imagine these soccer boys are in there with their coach and all of a sudden you hear a noise and this, this diver comes up, checking the next part of the cave and is there to, to help them out, right? And it's like, help is here! And uh, if you ever get a chance to, to listen to that story, it is amazing. But, you know, think about the, the, the news that's given here. You know, the world's in big trouble. <laughs> I mean, in desperate need of a Savior. We're all doomed without Him. And the news arrives. Something to be celebrated. It's good news. It's joyous news. It's forever, for everyone. And it's the news of a Savior that help has finally come. And, uh, and it says there, uh, unto you, the city of David, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. And then in verse 14, they go on to say this, because it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And so another element of that which should be celebrated here is that God has done something big. God has done something big. Now, you can probably all think of, of times in your life where you saw God come through in, in a, a remarkable way. And maybe you've never really recognized God working in your life. You know, there may be somebody like that in here. But I say probably most of us, you know, if you think about it, you have testimony to the fact, you know, there was this time, I mean, you know, we were up against it and God gloriously delivered. God came through big time. And it was amazing. And we give him the praise for that. And that's exactly what the angels are doing here. They're saying, hey, look, glory to God in the highest. He has done something amazing. He has done something huge here on behalf of mankind and for his glory, ultimately, for his sovereign uh, glory. And so all the elements of something to be celebrated are here. God has done something big. I mean, if we can't celebrate that, what can we celebrate? 
God's done it. God's executing His plan. God's awesome. And we celebrate that without apology. And it says here, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. On earth, peace. Now, you know, if someone were to be able to come onto the scene on earth right now and offer peace to the whole world, well, that'd be something to be celebrated, wouldn't it? But that would, you know, that is going to happen one day. A human leader is going to do that. But, you know, it's just going to be for a time, just for this, for that time. You know, just for that generation. And it's not going to last because there's not going to be any recognition of the Prince of Peace through that whole thing. Even that's going to be a counterfeit uh, peace that doesn't last. But when we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about the Prince of Peace. We're talking about the one who has brought peace for mankind that is not just temporal, a flash in the pan for this moment, but it's enduring peace. It's peace that passes understanding. We can't even imagine the magnitude of the peace that God has provided for mankind as they enter into a renewed relationship with God, as they understand that God has taken care of their eternal future. I mean, for whatever is going on in your life right now, and I know there's a lot of things that are going on represented here. I have no doubts about it. And we don't, we don't minimize those things. But think of this. God has done something great and he has brought the truth and the provisions of that which is needed for us to have not just momentary peace, but enduring peace and eternal peace in our relationship with him. And, uh, and that's what the, the message was here. And, and that's something to be celebrated, my friend. Glory to God in the highest, on earth, peace, goodwill uh, towards men. Peace has been made available he, even here on earth and goodwill is extended towards mankind. A peace treaty has been extended. Ambassadors, as it were, represent that. And that's a part of the job that we have. You know, the war is over. You say, well, it doesn't seem like it's over. Well, in essence, it is. When Jesus was born, when he lived, when he died, and when he resurrected, that finished the, the whole thing. Now, some things are still playing out that are all going to give glory to God in the end. But in essence, the war is over. The enemy's head has been crushed. Goodwill has been extended to mankind. And, uh, you know, I think of uh, some of the footage that I've seen, you know, when, when major wars were over. And we've been through a couple of world wars as a nation here. And uh, you see there's still some stuff, you know, from World War II, you know, when the, when the word came out of, of, uh, of uh, the, the, uh, the end of that war. What'd you have? People were dancing in the streets, right? They were celebrating they were hugging the next person. It didn't matter whether they knew him or not. You know, yeah, war's over. You know, and there's this crazy celebration. Well, the thing of it is, you know, when, when men, when they celebrate the end of one of their wars, there's probably someone that's planning for the next one already, right? But when we think about what Jesus did and what he represented and the peace and goodwill that he extends that ultimately is going to end it all and there's going to be peace for eternity in his name, that is to be celebrated. That is to be celebrated. And so the birth of Christ is something to celebrate. And uh, seeing such an attitude of celebration amongst the angels made the shepherds want to go experience this for themselves. You know, when people are joyous and they celebrate things, it's contagious. I'm someone that if there's an opportunity and there's good reason and it's right to celebrate, I want to celebrate it. You know why? Because the world is celebrating all kinds of foolishness at times and it has no business being celebrated. And it's not even good news in the end. Look, if 
Christians, if you have something to celebrate and it's something pure, God-honoring, and something of what God has done, celebrate it. Be a joyous Christian. you got a light to manifest there a little bit. And it's an opportunity to do that. You know, we celebrate, you know, when children are born and when, when children are committed to the Lord. We celebrate that. You say, well, man, I don't know if I want to clap in the, in the, in the sanctuary. Well, you're not clapping with the praise of men. You're saying, hey, I'm happy that this is happening right now. This is great. I can celebrate this a little bit. All right? I mean, people, you get a, a weird-shaped ball thrown into a certain part of a field, and, you know, 100,000 people go bonkers. But we get something, you know, which is way more important going on in the church house, and we're sitting on our hands. Because we're like, I don't want to get too much of a tremor here. It might be overkill, you know? Look, if it's... If it, the angels, they got it, didn't they? And there was a multitude of them there. And they were praising God. And they were having a time. Why? Because there was something big going on to which God was to be given the glory. And, uh, you know, if, if, if a song is sung and, uh, and a truth is given that it moves my heart for the Lord, um, I don't mind shouting it out a little bit. That's good right there. That's a blessing. Lord, I thank you for that. And uh, we can celebrate what the Lord uh, says is, is, is good and to be celebrated. And then secondly, the birth of Christ was something to be seen. It was something to be seen. Look at verse 15. It says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them unto heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. It was something to be seen. It was something to be celebrated. But then, you know, as some celebrated, there were others that said, hey, wow, that looks like that's pretty important to those angels. <laughs> There's something there that they're, that they're really uh, rejoicing over. What do we want to do? We want to see that for ourselves. We want to see that for ourselves. And, uh, and you can see here that they were willing to go out of their way to see that. It says, let us go down even unto Bethlehem. Now, I don't know how close they were to Bethlehem. But they weren't in Bethlehem at, the point, at that point. And what were they willing to do? They were willing to put some effort to go somewhere where they could see more of the Lord Jesus. And they could see more of what someone else was celebrating. Hey, that, that, that Christianity, thing, that seems pretty real to those people. And they celebrate truths from God's Word. You know what? I'm willing to drive a little ways and maybe hear some more about that. I want to see some more of that for myself. I want to experience that for myself. And uh, I found that to be true in my Christian life. You know, I'll, 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 go, I'll go out of my way, as it were, if I think that there's going to be something there that will lead me closer to the Lord. I want that. I hunger and thirst after that. Now, sometimes I get a little dead in that. Sometimes I get a little cold in it. But generally speaking, God has always rewarded way beyond my expectations when I have gone to see what he had for me. Say, I don't know, you know, we got that little church over there in Clinton, and, and I heard they preach God's word. And we want to be faithful to do that. We want to preach God's word. We want to encourage you by the truth of God's word. You know, if you go out of your way to come here on a Sunday morning or whenever it is we're gathering, that you get something that's worthwhile because it's from God and not just from man, that'll stir your heart, that'll draw you closer to him, and that'll help you in your walk with, with the Lord. Because you're a person, and he knows who you are, and he's working in your life in that way. Just like with these shepherds. You know, they were individuals. That's why it's beautiful that it says that. It doesn't just say he just came, you know, people, and some people went down there. You had these particular people, and they had that opportunity to go see more 
of the Lord. And they went out of their way, and they went with assurance that something was happening. It says, And it came to pass, as the angels had gone away, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go down even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. Now, they hadn't seen it yet. But they had gotten God's word on it. And based upon God's word, they wanted to see it for themselves. And there's a beautiful concept there. Because God has given us his word. And you've heard some things from God's word. And you've seen some others that believe those things. And, and you know the theory of it. And you know the black and white of the promises of it. But let me ask you this. Have you gone in faith believing that God's word is true? And have you gone there looking to experience that for yourself? Have you gone to get that which you have heard of, believing in your heart that God has something for you as well? And look, there's people wandering around out there all day long. They just want to do what they want to do. And their whole pursuit in life is just their own desires, their own selfishness, and making themselves God. And if they pursue that God, they'll find that God to a certain extent. But you know what they'll miss out on? They'll miss out on the wonder of seeing God's plan for humanity and how it pertains to them personally and how if they seek him, God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder of those that diligently do so. And so this was to be celebrated. It was something to be seen. And not only that, but did they go out of their way? They went with assurance that it had happened. But if you want to go see something, you will go because someone you trust has told you about it. Look at this. It says, um, let us now go down even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. Look at this. Which the Lord hath made known unto us. Which the Lord hath made known unto us. And that's why it's important to build relationships, trust relationships with people. Because you know who God is going to use in other people's lives? He's going to use somebody that is trusted to represent the Lord to them and to lead them into that truth of how they can know the Lord better themselves. You know, people will, they'll respond to that. Because people generally, they're wondering what life is all about. Hey, look, even the people that seem, they got all the money, they got their plans all coming together, they got security, they're living the dream, right? Even those people, when they lay down at times, they're thinking, okay, what does this all add up to? You know, what is this really all about? And then God brings somebody into their life and they watch them for a while. And a trust is built. And some conversation goes on. And just over time, there's an opportunity there for God to reach into someone's life through the life of others um, in, in, in trusting that these things are so. And so they went down there because the Lord hath made it known unto them. And they thought, you know, hey, I can see a glimpse of the fact that God is working in my life in a particular way. I mean, he did this. He brought this person in my life. He told me this. I'm going to check out more about this. I want to find out more what is going on here. And so it's something to be celebrated. It's something to be seen as well. And you'll go quickly so as not to miss out. It says, and they, in verse 16, they, may, they came with haste. They came with haste. You know, we don't know when the last day on earth is going to be for us. We can't take for granted that what God is trying to give us today is going to be there in the same way tomorrow. These shepherds understood that there was something happening right now, that God was doing something right now as it related to them that they didn't want to miss out on. 
And how many times do we do that? You know, in our mind, our heart, we kick the can down the road. Yeah, one day I'll get serious for the Lord. One day I'll finally get this taken care of. I know God's dealing with me about this issue, but, ah, you know, another time. I'm going to get there. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to get serious for the Lord someday. But I just don't think it's probably going to be today. Well, you know, if God is doing something special to draw you to Him, that is the time to respond. That's the time. Get there with haste. Don't miss out on it. See what that is. And go with anticipation um, as to what you're going to see and what you're going to receive. It says there that, And they came down with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And so they went with anticipation of seeing Jesus, and they were blessed for it. You know, when you've seen something amazing and transformational for yourself, you'll want to share that experience with others. And that's the third point. And final, is that the birth of Jesus is something to be shared. It's something to be shared. Um, well, look at the verses. Look at, look at verse 17. And when they had seen it, see that there? They had seen it for themselves. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. What were they told? This, this child is a savior. This isn't just a baby here. This is a child that's going to ultimately bring peace, goodwill to all men. This is an amazing moment. This is what's happening with this child. This child is the Messiah. And so what did they want to do? They saw it for themselves, and what, what, they wanted to tell others about it. They wanted to share that with others. And, uh, you know, you cannot help but share what you see. You cannot help but share what you see. And, you know, it never made sense to me that if someone sees what Jesus did for them and they receive it for themselves, why they wouldn't want to share that with others. It makes no sense. Look at verse uh, uh, 18. It says, And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Wow! Never expected these, these shepherds to be evangelists. Right? I mean, shepherds are probably mostly like introverts. If they talk to anybody, they just talk to their sheep once in a while. Right? They don't have a whole lot to talk about out there. But what are they turned into all of a sudden? They're turned into evangelists. Why? Because they saw Jesus. <laughs> they understood who Jesus was to them. And when they experienced it personally, they wanted to share it with others. Because the birth of Jesus is something to be shared as to what it means. Hey, not just, you know, Jesus, you know, keep Christ in, in Christmas and all that. No, this is what Jesus is about. Jesus is a savior. <laughs> Jesus is about God's heart of, of, of goodwill and peace towards mankind. Jesus is Lord of Lord, King of Kings. Jesus came so that we might have uh, salvation. And that was the message that they, that they told. And it says in verse 20, it says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. They were transformed by what they were sharing. You know, when you share the gospel with others, it'll do something for you as well. It'll change you. It'll make your Christian life more meaningful to you. Even when you move on, as it were, from that event, you know, of meeting Jesus for yourself, you'll be changed forever by it. And as you, in a fresh way, share that with somebody else, it'll keep that in your heart as well. That's the way it works. You don't, you don't ever grow cold towards that. You know, no matter what else is going on, you know, you, you're always rejoicing in, in, in the gospel. You're always rejoicing that your main purpose for being here is still intact. 
We are commissioned, the Bible says. We are commissioned by Jesus to represent him with these truths and to share these with others. And, uh, you know, I, get, I mean, we have in our church, we have tracts about the birth of Jesus. We sing songs about the birth of Jesus. We go out and go caroling. We went to caroling various places um, about the birth of Jesus. Uh, we put out a musical and a drama uh, here. I have a bumper sticker about it on my car because anybody that's tailgating me, which, you know, happens, seems like quite a bit. I think I'm driving like a grandpa now, too, because people like, you know, I tail all the time. Well, okay, read my bumper sticker about Jesus then if you're going to do that, right? Um, you know, we did Operation Christmas Child here, uh, these, these, these gifts that went out through the whole world with, with a gospel message in them. Um, gifts to your neighbors. Why do we do all this? Well, it's a festive time of the year. Well, so what? We can have a festive time anytime. You know why we do it? Because this is the time of the year where people are thinking about this already. And we can say, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, the birth of Christ, this is what it means. This is what it did for me. This is what it can do for you. And all these things, they add together so that we're not hiding our light under a bushel, as the Bible says. Right? Hey, anytime you have an opportunity to get that light out there, that should be your default setting. Why? Because that's what the Great Commission is. The Great Commission is for us to go to be salt and light to the whole world. To go into all the world and give the good tithings. Everybody needs it, and it's made available for everybody. And if we lose the opportunities, you know, we're going to, in some way, I think we're going to answer for that. Because we were so wrapped up in something other than what our commission was that we forgot that there was a, a golden opportunity, as we say. You know, throughout the time that we exist, God is going to give us those opportunities to represent the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and to share that with others. And uh, the birth of Jesus is the part of the bigger story we're commissioned to carry and share everywhere. How can I get this news out in every legitimate way possible? Um, and so, as a church, we want to be active for the gospel. We want to encourage you personally to share the gospel with others. We want to go wherever God sends us. In April, Lord willing, we'll have a team that goes to Peru um, to, 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 to uh, share the gospel with some that haven't had as much opportunity maybe to hear as we have here. Why do we do that? We don't do it just so we can, you know, say, well, hey, look, we have these mission trips and it's a great experience and we see a lot of things. We do it because it's our reasonable service to represent Jesus wherever he could send us, whether it's Vinyl Haven, whether it's Peru, whether it's Clinton, Maine, whether it's wherever God has put you to be a light. Get out of your own way and let Jesus be a light through you. That's what he'll do. That's why Jesus came. He's the light of the world, John chapter 1. And uh, the light of the world gives light to everybody who enters into the world. And how does he do it? Through us, unless we hide our light, you know, um, as Matthew chapter 5 says, under something that obscures it, obstructs it, and makes it ineffective. Uh, so the birth of Jesus, we can celebrate it. We can see more of how it relates to us personally and we can share it with others. And uh, what great opportunities we have. This is a wonderful time to be a Christian, you know that? Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Uh, people are there, they're, they're saying, it's a crazy world we live in. Yeah, that's true. But Jesus came, and uh, he came to fix it all. 
Um, and you'll do that in your life as well. Let's pray.